Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Longhorn Notebook. The Longhorn Notebook, uh, of course, deals in specific with, obviously, University of Texas athletics, Longhorn athletics, things like that. Well, it, it certainly is on the front burner uh today uh, in these parts uh, about the 2024 SEC schedule release, the conference opponent release, I should say, because we don't have the scheduled dates yet. However, uh, it's on the front burner all around the Southeastern Conference. And the number one story, certainly as we mentioned, the way it was presented on that uh, on SEC Network has to be the renewal of Texas and Texas A&M playing. And they will uh, uh, resume it in uh, 2024, and it will pick up where it left off in College Station. And toward that end, so pleased to have a good friend join us, play-by-play voice of the Aggies at Texas A&M. Andrew Monaco joins us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. How are you this morning, Andrew? I am doing well, my friend. It is so good to talk to you, and I'm excited that I'm going to get to see you a lot more starting next season, which makes me very happy. I know. We, we got a chance to see each other when I was doing the Westwood One broadcast of that, that home game you had against LSU uh, in the in the drizzle and the rain and all that stuff a few, a few years ago. But we're l- looking forward to this. That I wanted to, to have you on to have you uh, tell folks – because, you know, everybody lives in their own little bubbled-in world uh, of, of, of uh, collegiate fandom. And, and certainly Longhorn fans are very excited about this. And, and uh, I would imagine that, by and large, uh, Aggie fans are excited about uh, the schedule release or the opponent uh, schedule release and, and then getting ready for uh, the renewal of the rival. What's been the vibe over there once it became official yesterday evening that Texas and Texas A&M were going to do, play football once again? I'm, I'm guessing that they, if they wanted to start a ticket pull for that game in 2024, there would be Aggies lined up for that one. I think it's a lot of excitement, Craig. I really do. I, and, and to add uh, back to being conference rivals – uh, I think is exciting. And it, it's when you add in that next year is also the year that we start a series with Notre Dame. Uh, it's, it's LSU comes in as well. You look at that home schedule and it's a dynamite. And to me, it's a, an atmosphere for uh, all those Saturday nights become something absolutely electric, but the rivalry comes back in football. I know that we have played in other sports. The first thing I thought, Craig, honestly was, isn't ABC going to fight for this game and put this on in some prime time? I mean, it falls right in their lap. And, and with the SEC trying to, uh, to me, this is to me, they try to uphold all the rivalries. So LSU will keep playing Alabama, Alabama and Tennessee in the third Saturday in, in, in October. They want to keep Georgia and Auburn. This rivalry falls right in their lap. Uh, and I think it's just absolutely not just made for a great atmosphere, but I think it's absolutely made for television, and to me, it's an absolute ABC game. Now, where, when, and we know where, when will it be played? 
that's what we're going to find out. And I, I would love to see the tradition come back of it being on Thanksgiving weekend. Well, you, you just made a great point, first of all, that with several, if not the majority, certainly several of the SEC schools, there are multiple uh, big traditional rivalries. Uh, with with uh, Auburn, it's Alabama and Georgia. With Georgia, it's Auburn and Florida. With Alabama, uh, it's Auburn and Tennessee. With, uh, it, with Texas A&M, it would be Texas and LSU. With Texas, it would be uh, Texas A&M and Oklahoma. So there are multiple important rivalries. For Tennessee, it would be Alabama and Vanderbilt. There's, there's multiple important rivalries being renewed as a result of this, I mean, even Texas, Arkansas, and of course, A and M will have that game against Arkansas. Now, it, help me out on this: the the game with Arkansas this year is is going to be a Jerry World, and then uh, going uh, future, will it stay in Arlington, or is there a future plan to have that go uh, home and home? Twenty four is the last year in Ar- in uh, Arlington, so so two more years, and then it goes back. Uh, onto the onto the campuses, but that deal is through 24, which I think a lot of people are looking as well at that at the schedule to see where that game was going to be. But that one is through 2024, so two more years playing that one uh, in Arlington. But you're right about even those secondary rivalries, Craig. And I don't mean to I don't mean to label it that way because they're, they're important. Um, that's that's another thing that the SEC just adds with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma is even more rivalries and the, some traditions and some history between these schools. And by getting away from the East and the West, I think you're able to keep some of those rivalries. Florida and LSU has been one that was kind of created as they were playing, but you make a great point. There's a lot of them that get to be protected. And I think that's important for the fans. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, you know, uh, I've compared it to, because I've said this about the Big Twelve as well, when they when they did away with the divisional thing, I said it was like a it's like an English Premier League soccer table. You know, you just you just line them all up there in the table, and then your top two winners are going to wind up playing uh, for the for the championship. Let me ask you about that non conference schedule again, because I'm looking at it now for 2024, and there's some similarities. Uh, between what what Texas is doing and and uh, what Texas is uh, Texas A and M is doing, you've got the big marquee non conference matchup for Texas. They have to go to Ann Arbor next year, and of course uh, the the Aggies have Notre Dame uh, starting up on that, and then uh, they're playing Bowling Green and McNeese and New Mexico State. Was that already done before the SEC, or did it do like Texas when they announced the fourth non conference opponent yesterday evening being UL Monroe? No, we've had we've had those. I think it's basically through 28. So the the marquee is Notre Dame, 24 and 25, uh, Arizona State, Louisville is how it lines up the next two years. So we finish up with Miami this year, going to South Florida. But those um, non-conference have been lined up for that time, which was why we were all wondering: was it going to be an eight-game conference schedule or a nine-game conference schedule? And if it does down the line become nine conference games in the sec it's going to be interesting to see if it involves buyouts or what happens with those contracts i can't see the marquee games going away but i'm wondering about those other ones but that that non-conference for uh texas a&m has been set uh for a while now 
Yeah, uh, visiting with Andrew Monaco, Texas A&M play-by-play voice here on Light the Tower. Okay, uh, I, I want I want to get your th- thoughts on these uh, SEC opponents for next year, and then I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pull it back forward and get your thoughts on uh, going into 2023. But first of all, with regard to 2024, uh, other than other than Texas and LSU, those traditional rivalry games, if if you were to pull them out, which game? on that schedule excites you the most uh, from and, and which one do you think probably excites Aggie fans the most other than the Texas and LSU games that's on the 2024 schedule for A&M it's, it's interesting what school is not on there which has been part of A&M since they've come in is Alabama is not on there Brian Kelly got his wish they asked they asked BK uh, do you want to play Alabama every year yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he got his wish. So for Texas A&M, that's, that's not there. Uh, Auburn has always been a decent rivalry. And to go to Florida, I think, is, is one. Uh, Florida came in uh, during the COVID year. Uh, Dan Mullen was still there. And that was kind of a, a, a run for the Aggies. That was one of those wins that kind of turned that Orange Bowl season around. Um, I, I think when you look at those, and, th- and those are two road games, so I I want to say the Aggies opened up SEC play. Their first road game was at Florida uh, uh, in in Johnny's season. Uh, so I would think I think those two always stand out because you're playing Auburn every single season. They've been a, an SEC West opponent, and then the biggest complaint Craig has been, you know, we've never been to Kentucky. That was the the, the schedule was going to change in the SEC. At, at some point, it was going to be, I think, in 24 anyway. So, so student-athletes could play all the schools. We're going to Tennessee. Well, we went to Tennessee for COVID, but we're going to Tennessee in the original schedule. This would have been the first time we're going there since coming in to the conference. It's, what are we looking at? We're looking at 12 years later before you know, a, a player gets to go and, and, and play the volunteers uh, up there in Knoxville. So I think that's been a nice change. So there's a couple of teams that – that you haven't seen for a while or haven't played in their stadium, I think that's what's exciting. We've only gone to Georgia once, you know what I mean? And, and Georgia's not come to Kyle Field. So I've, I'm, like, I'm liking that that's being rectified. But with a, by playing Auburn every year, like we'll play them in September this year, by playing them every year, that kind of gets some of that rivalry going. Continuing that, that series with, with South Carolina, wasn't sure they'd become the permanent opponent, wasn't sure that was going to be it. But uh, I think it's any time you have some of those rivals from the West you'd be able to play, that's the one that kind of gets you jazzed up. And, and as you know, Craig, fans like to pick one trip or two trips to go to kind of becomes that marquee matchup. That's been one where Aggies have been able to travel and go see. Absolutely. Uh, okay, let, let, let me get your thoughts on 2023 uh, because you open uh, against New Mexico on September 2nd. You mentioned the return game with Miami. That's the marquee game on there. You have uh, ULM who will play Texas in 2024. That was the fourth non-conference announced yesterday. And then you open SEC play uh, with Auburn uh, at, at Kyle Field, uh, followed by the Arkansas game. And then you mentioned playing Alabama, which has uh, been, of course, uh, being in the West a traditional thing. And then uh, the road trip to Knoxville as well. So there's, there's some yeah. games on there uh, in addition to the end of the season, the Thanksgiving uh, weekend. And, and I'm with you. I would love to see the Texas-Texas A&M game return 
to uh, the Thanksgiving weekend. Don't know, neither of us know right now whether that's going to be the case or not. I know there's going to have to be more conversations about that. But how about your thoughts on this particular schedule and, for that matter, the the preparation for Jimbo Fisher and, and his staff and getting this team ready for 2023? Craig, I'm excited that the right players came back for this team. I, I like that Anaya Smith and Damani Richardson. They're the two that I'll bring up first. Anias coming back to be one of the receivers uh, to lead a better receiving core than last year. Damani Richardson on the back end, just what he has between the ears. I'll use the Greg Popovich line, the corporate knowledge that he has. But McKinley Jackson saying he's going to come back on that defensive line to have Lade Robinson on the offensive line uh, come back. I think they're the right guys and the right leadership because I think there was a bit of a void last year for Texas A&M with the leadership and you're bringing experience back. And, and I think that's important. That was another thing that was missing last year. And I'm also excited to see the freshmen who become sophomores. And Craig, I say that because you know this, when you've got a young player, you usually want to play him only so many snaps. Well, because of the injuries, you're playing these young guys more snaps than they probably should. But they get that feeling of, okay, now I belong on this field. And that confidence grows. And when they say, hey, I like being – I'll bring up Bryce Anderson, who's, who's maybe the nickel for this team for uh, replacing Antonio Johnson. I belong, and he's going to do – he likes being a starter. <laughs> and he's not going to give that up. He's going to compete every time. That's what excites me, that, that inexperience then becomes experience and understands what it takes to play – again, you know this, to go from high school football to not just college football, to play in the Big 12 or to play in the SEC, it's a big jump. And when you say, I belong, I think that confidence kicks in. And then what do you do to keep that spot? Are you always going to compete? I like that there is now an, this is now an experienced team, and I like that there is some leadership coming back for 2023. Hey, uh, before I let you go, we had uh, – uh, uh, seam head girl one of our texters asked and uh she asked have, have you heard anything about baseball scheduling in the sec and i would say no and you will have the advantage on me if you've heard anything on that because i know they work one year at a time i mean it's not even revealed yet what the spring 2024 baseball uh, schedule will look like for both of them so maybe we're jumping ahead of our scales but but what, what i wanted to bring up with is um, folks have asked me, how many SEC parks have you done baseball in? And the answer is very few. I mean, it's the old school ones that, that were in the Big 12 or the Southwest Conference, uh, like Arkansas, yeah. Texas A&M, obviously, Missouri uh, comes from. I've been to Alex Box Stadium and Ole Miss for a Super Regional in 2005, and that's it. So I'm going to get my first experience at Duty Noble on down the road in Starkville and and uh, and Alabama and Auburn and and uh, down in uh, Gainesville and and even Kentucky and Lindsey Nelson Stadium in Knoxville and and uh, in South Carolina. So I mean, am, am I in for a treat on those uh, baseball uh, venues? Uh-huh. You you know you know the way I'm thinking here, Craig, because it's more than just the nine innings for you. You're going to love because combination foodie right for you right, of course <laughs> because i love following you because i like to see what you're eating <laughs> i live vicariously through you <laughs> i think you're going to love the towns and and craig don't you think it's, it's sometimes a benefit for us in baseball we get to park in a town 
for three days. Yes. And you get to experience all of Athens and all of Auburn. And, and to me, you know, I love campuses and stadiums and stuff like that. And, and those downtowns are, are so much fun. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I, I really do. I, it was my first time to Duty Noble uh, this past year. Absolutely loved it. And, no, the schedule, I, I think they're still working on that schedule. Um, it, it will be a gauntlet, uh, that's for sure. But I think you get that in, in any of the major college there's a reason why texas is always going to omaha because of the the teams that david pierce puts together and the and the rich tradition and the and the history there's a reason why wake forest is number one in the acc but it's that gauntlet in the sec and having to do that i don't know if it's going to be 30 or 36 games i i have no idea you know it's going to be no more than 10 weekends but i think you're going to absolutely love it because you love atmospheres you love the way that the towns are. You, you love the way fans are to see what that's like. And I, I just can't imagine what a, what a weekend's going to be when Texas walks into um, Alex Box for a weekend here. I just think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Same thing with Mississippi State. I think you're going to love all these towns, and I know you're going to love the competition, and I know you're going to like how Texas is going to stack up against the rest of the SEC. Fact or fiction, you loved everything about the trip to uh, Palo Alto uh, in terms of the, uh, the climate, uh, the, the uh, dining options, uh, the environment, everything except the working space in the press box. Fact. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's good about that, Craig? If I, if, if, if I got a little tired, I could just turn my mic and I could hear Roxy Bernstein talking. So. <laughs> or in my case, Mike Monaco. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how they host a regional and have just one big. What's it called? The crowded house? Did you call it the crowded house? I called it the crowded house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it, it, and I was used to it because of uh, the twenty year relationship that Augie Garrido had with uh, with Mark Marquis, and they had the home and home. So I'd been there uh, yeah. six or seven times. Doesn't make it any easier to work in there, but no. but but I, no. at least I knew what no, was coming, and when I saw that photo of you i felt for you a little bit because i thought oh if he knew what he was walking into on that deal <laughs> yeah absolutely but i enjoyed it immensely um the weather was outstanding uh as it as it always is love the town of uh, palo alto i was able to text with a, a parent of jacob polish who pitched at stanford and then with us last year i said i see why jacob who grew up in Dallas. I see why he came to Stanford and just talking about it. They loved it. Wonderful experience for that, uh, for sure, to be out there. I, I had not been out there. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people saying, I, I wish Andrew would shut up. I have a tendency to get loud. So <laughs> the crowded house, you flat out nailed it for sure. I had somebody, I had several people either tweet or text me and said on when, when Texas got the big hit on Saturday from Porter Brown, they could hear me in the background behind Mike Monaco and Kyle Peterson. You know, that's how snug we all were. There. But that's that's okay. That means, that means you get you get to invoice ESPN then, right? Yeah, that's, that's works, right. Baby. That's right. Get, send me some talent on that. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's always great to visit with you. I look forward to visiting with you uh, more often. Uh, well, this will this will be uh, here before we know it, obviously. But uh, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to join me, and and we'll look forward to uh, catching up with each other again down the road. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. All right, thanks. That is the one and only Andrew Monaco. He's the play-by-play voice of the Aggies of Texas A&M. Yeah, it's just around the corner. 